You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast here on this Tuesday, December 15th, 2020. On the show today, part two of my conversation with Matt Weirich, we talk about spreading the wealth and how that could help the Nationals pitching here in free agency, what guys they should target to help bolster the rotation, and maybe a couple bullpen arms as well. We also revisit the tra- the Chris Bryant trade and talk about how feasible it is and how smart it would be for the Nationals to do it or not to do it. So part two of my conversation with Matt Weirich coming up here on today's Locked On Nationals podcast. Oh, let's talk a little bit pitching here really fast. So the starting pitching, weird spot, because they've got the two guys, Strasburg and Corbin, under contract for obviously multiple, you know, clearly multiple years. Scherzer comes off the books. I think he seems like a guy that probably is going to pitch past, uh, you know, when his contract is up. And, you know, he could go somewhere else. I, I would also see, that it, you know, unless there is a gigantic drop-off, I could see the Nats, you know, making overture and re-signing him and getting back there for another year or two. With that being said, this rotation, because they have those two guys under contract, is in a spot where you might as well build it. I mean, if, if you're going to have a front two like that, you're kind of in a spot where, and you have that much money invested. I mean, you're going to ha- going to be able to keep it good if you want it to, right? If you want to yeah. keep that thing uh, above average, you know, f- whatever you want to say about it, you you can. Uh, this pitcher's market, although it has taken somewhat of a hit already, I think there are guys out there. And they need to find somebody to fill that Anibal Sanchez role to pitch like good Anibal Sanchez did, right? Somebody who is, uh, you know, in that position who can trust, can go out there and, you know, I mean, I think we all remember that stretch in 19 where it was, you know, they went months without losing an Anibal Sanchez start. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he might not have won all of them, but they won every game he started in that stretch. Trying to find a guy like that, right? And, and there's a bunch of names. You know, I've Taiwan Walker, uh, Jose Quintana was a guy that I thought would be interesting bringing him in as well. I think a guy who maybe needs a change of scenery, right? And you're the third or fourth guy in the rotation, not top three, and there's less pressure on you. And another uh, lefty. Yeah, another le- exactly, another lefty. So, you know, who are some names that you think that pitch, that's the market that has gone a little bit faster, right? Yeah. That pitch, the pitching market has evolved a little bit. And I think the Nats have been a bit too, you know, they re signed Joe Ross, but I think they've been a bit too complacent when it comes to this market. And, and you're seeing the Braves strengthening an already good rotation. Of course. Yeah. I think, well, the Nationals have so much money already invested into their big three. And, you know, for better or worse, that is the group that they're rolling with as their studs next season. So if I'm the Nationals and, you know, I, I'm looking at that big three, I need to be able to lean on them to be those guys, even though, you know, like we said before, they, they each had some of their own issues last year you're looking for those guys to rebound in 2021 and be the best big three in baseball. There's no doubt about it. So if you're, if you're the Nats and, and you're looking at your roster after them, it, it drops off so significantly. You know, we, we talk about Joe Ross and Austin Voth and Eric Fetty and, and a little farther down the line, you know, maybe Will Crow, uh, Jackson Rutledge, you know, maybe Cade Cavalli if, if he advances enough quickly enough. Uh, but none of those are surefire answers. So if I'm looking at the Nats rotation right now, the thing I need the most is innings. You know, because you have injury concerns with all three of the guys at the top. You have injury concerns with Joe Ross, who, you know, is a former Tommy John recipient himself. Austin Both has had some injury issues in 2019. You know, Eric Fetty, also a Tommy John recipient at one point, right after he was drafted. So if if I'm looking at the Nats rotation, I want a guy who I can rely on to, to give me 180 to 200 innings of four 
for ERA. I mean, he doesn't have to be a stud. Like I, I get the sentiment where you're saying like, look, we're already this far in. Let's just right. lean in a little bit and, and get that fourth stud. A Corey Kluber makes a lot of sense, but you know, Corey Kluber hasn't been able to stay healthy in the past couple of years. And yeah, I don't mean like point. a stud stud. I mean, somebody who a front of the rotation guy in the past who can then be in that fourth spot, you know, maybe somebody like Quintana who's yeah. had his struggles mm-hmm. and being in that fourth spot would bring out the best of him because of the lower amount of pressure, right? Sure. Kind of somebody who's, you know, you're not paying him to be the the guy that everybody thinks he can be. You're just paying him to be solid. Mm-hmm. And in that, like, like we saw with Sanchez, yeah, you know, you got a diamond in the rough in that sense, you know, a guy who gave you, you know, one of the most impactful performances of the playoffs against the Cardinals. Yeah. And I think there's still, you know, despite the fact that Robbie Ray was a guy I thought that fit that description, Drew Smiley was a guy I thought that fit the description, a guy, you know, you can get for one or two years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm just, those guys are gone. And so, you know, while there's a lot of guys available still, you got to find somebody because what we watched this season, I mean, the fact that they had to send Austin both out there every fifth day was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it, it was like, you knew what was going to happen. I remember we had the one good game. Who was, I'm trying to think. He threw that complete game in the double header. He threw the mm-hmm. seven inning, seven inning complete game. Yeah. yeah it was, I forget who they were playing. And everybody was like, oh my God. I was texting Grant Paulson from, you know, uh, from uh, the fan. And we were like, what, what's happening? Like, it's, you know, it's unbelievable. They just, they've got to be able to, you know, and part of this is because they can't develop pitching, right? That's, that's the one knock. I mean, for as many pitchers as the Nationals have drafted, you know, and you look at their top 30 prospects right now, I mean, the top 10 are all, they're all pitchers. They're all pitchers. But it's like, you got to get some of these guys up here or else you're going to be stuck paying, paying out this money in, in free agents. And look, these guys have been awesome. It's great. But Strasburg is really the only true guy you brought up. Fetty has not worked. I'm not, I'm not going to go up on him yet. He could be a number five. If you told me look, Eric Fetty's number five. Yeah. Sure. Why not? He had, he wasn't horrible last year. Mm-hmm. Austin both. No, I just, you can't do it. You can't toss him out there anymore. I'm sorry. Uh, and you know, Seth Romero was a guy that might have been the pin, but was a great starter in college. Obviously had his issues, but you know, a guy who's known as a starter. Rutledge is the one that I look at and I'm like, this guy has to be in the rotation. There is like in, by, in, by 2022, 2023, that guy's gotta be in there and he's you just, you gotta hit on him. The Nationals have deemed Rutledge untouchable at this point in trades as well. So yeah, I saw people wanting the, the Bryant trade. I saw the Bryant trade. I was like, hang up the phone. Yeah, yeah. You, you hang up the phone. But, you know, is there a guy you think they can bring up this year to put in the rotation or are they going to have to go sign somebody? I don't see anybody else they can bring up and put in there. Yeah, their second-round pick from last year, Cole Henry out of LSU. Right, LSU yeah. uh, a little bit older and, and considered pro-ready than Cavalli was, who, you know, they signed for under slot. He was a bit more of a raw prospect, was actually mm-hmm. a hitter. Uh, a year and a half before he was even drafted. So he's a guy who's still getting used to the mound. I think Henry's a guy who, you know, they might be able to see could rise quickly within the organization. I think you could see Ben Bramer, uh, who they added to the 40-man roster last season uh, to protect him from the Rule 5 draft. He didn't end up – you think he made one appearance last year uh, out of the bullpen, but he's a guy I think that they see, you know, as a future left-handed piece that could potentially make an impact at the big league level. Um, And and one name in in free agency I do want to mention – uh, who I really haven't heard talked at all at all uh, this free agency, and it might be because he opted out last year. But Mike Leake uh, was quietly one of the most consistent pitchers in baseball during the 2010s. He's a guy who skipped the minor leagues entirely, drafted by Cincinnati, went right to the majors, and from 2011 to 2019 made 29 appearances every year, uh, averaging between a 3.7 uh, and a 4.3 ERA. I mean, you know, that's that's that's, pretty that's exactly the range the Nats need to look that's for. What they need. That's exactly what they need. Yes. 
110%. Get him to a two year deal. You know, he's, he's 32 right now, going to be 33 next year. So he's definitely on the older end. I don't think he's going to be looking for anything long term, especially considering he opted out last year. Uh, but he's a guy who you could bring in, slide him in that number four slot, and you say, look, we're going to have studs, you know, they're going to have some great games, but they're also, we might lose Strasburg for a month. Right. You know, Scherzer might deal with some fatigue issues. You know, Corbin might have some elbow injuries crop up. We don't really know what's going to happen there. We need you to just be Mr. Reliable. Every fifth day we have you come in and just give us six innings and four run ball. We're happy, you know, and, and the, the spot starters that fill in for Strasburg or Scherzer or Corbin aren't going to be able to do that. So to have, I think that's what they were missing last year because yeah. Anibal was falling apart. You know, they just didn't have a stopper. And, and you have obviously your aces, the guys who are supposed to come in. Okay, let's let's reset. Let's let's get the rotation back on track here. Uh, but sometimes you just need somebody to pass the ball to the next guy. And we they didn't really have anyone doing that last year. And I think it's a really you know invaluable uh, piece to the rotation that that they're they should be going in on. You know, I, I mentioned Kluber before, and I've heard lots of Nats fans talk about him. I, I just I caution it. That's all I'm saying. I agree. I'm with you on that one. It would be great on paper. You'd love to see, you know, what the potential could be. Oh, if healthy, you know, this is the best big four in baseball. And sure, you might, you know, get a lottery ticket and, and, and it works out and you ride that to the playoffs. That that would be formidable. Absolutely. But I just think with the way the Nationals roster is right now, you need some safe options uh, in that pitching staff. And if, if they're not going to bring in multiple guys, you know, and, and push Joe Ross to the bullpen and, and have Joe Ross be that five starter, then I think that number four, you really need to hit on. So go with the high floor and, and leave right. exactly that. And, you know, a guy like Quintana too, I think, I think he makes a lot of sense. More from my conversation with Matt Wyrick here in one second, but first want to let you guys know about the locked on NBA season previews we've got going on on the channel right now. Uh, you guys, the season starts in two weeks and the NBA podcast from Locked On is getting you ready for the regular season with a special week of team previews and waiver wire additions from the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Rookies to watch for from Draft Guru Chad Ford, and also check out team-specific shows. If you are a Wizards fan, check out Locked On Wizards. If you're a fan of another team, we've got a show for that as well, too. So go check those out, guys. Season's right around the corner. I cannot wait. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts. All right, now back to my conversation with Matt Wyrick from NBC Sports Washington. It's just like, don't take a risk. You don't have to, right? It's yeah. not a spot where you have to take a risk, mm-hmm. right? And I think you hit it in the head. Get a guy and just say, you just be you. you know, yeah. We just need you to be, just be consistent, be out there. You know, that's, that's what we need from you. You don't have to make, you know, we don't, we're not trying to recreate the Phillies four aces, you know, SI cover, right? It's not what we're trying to do here. We're just trying to put to get, put that together. And um you know, Joe Ross was really interesting just because I remember talking about it at the beginning of the season saying, hey, look, him opting out, you have your reasons, it's totally fine. But for him at that point of his career with his contract situation, you're kind of like, he needed this season. He mm-hmm. needed to be good. And almost sitting out benefited him because it was such a disaster in the back part of the rotation. It's like, they're like, Joe Ross, we will give you 1.5, you come back. And I mean, I would it's be like shocked. Got situation. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> watch the other guy suck. And now everybody's like, you are valuable. We need you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean, you know, if you feel differently, let me know. But I think by all indications, he's going to be the number five guy next time the season rolls around. And actually, honestly, I'm totally fine with that because there's no situation in which he could be worse than, you know, obviously he could, but like, it's just not that plausible that he could be worse than what Austin both was. And so if you look at it from that, that perspective, Scherzer is going to be healthier because he's banged up all last year. Hopefully Corbin kind of is able to round the form because he did not, did I, not I, yeah, last season. Super worried. Yeah. And then, 
Strasburg, you know, dealing with his injuries, but full recovery. And I think that guy's got a ton of confidence and should right now. Right. I mean, at his best, you know, mm-hmm. he's a scion candidate. So they're in a good spot, right? I think they're in a all in as bad as it was this year. Like they're in a close to being good spot. I think with the rotation. I mean, where they are right now, they're, they're in contention for a wild card spot, even if they didn't mm-hmm. make a ton of moves. I mean, I think the Braves, like we said, I mean, they might be second best team in the national league. So, you know, it's, it's definitely a tall task to say, you know, they're the standard. That's what we got to meet. Um, but, you know, they've got the core, like we, we've said many times on the show, they've got the pieces to, you know, put together a run. It's just more of, okay, how are we going to last 162 games? The Nationals two years ago had the oldest roster in baseball, and we were expecting to see turnover from that because, you know, guys who are older tend to be guys who are on mm-hmm. veteran deals, one, two, three-year deals, and eventually they're all going to go or they're going to get hurt and they're going to get cut or not, you know, these options that we saw, a slew of mutual and team options were declined by the Nationals as well. Uh, so they were ready to turn the page. It, yeah. It's just a question of now, what exactly is the route you're going to take? You know, it, you you have Scherzer's contract coming off the books next year. Are you now going to turn and offer him a Justin Verlander-esque three-year, $100 million deal? Uh, is re-signing Soto the number one you know option at all costs? Do you say, okay, Trey Turner, now is the time to pull a trigger on the extension? You know, what are better? We they should. Oh, I, you, if you want to hear Trey Turner extension, it's now. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I 110%. I mean, that the guy is- market's about to blow up. Yeah, I, I think and this is the thing is, you know, you talk about like, okay, they want to get younger, right? Well, yes, you can, but also you're, you're in a spot with some of the contracts you signed that you can't necessarily do that. I mean, sure, you can get younger in general, but you've locked in a couple 30 plus year old pitchers to big contracts. Um, and, you know, I, I could, you know, Scherzer's in the last year of his, like, what do you mean by, you know, when, when not saying you, what do you mean? But like in general, what does it mean to get younger, right? Are you do you not want to re-sign both Soto and Turner, which you'd be a lunatic not to do? Because this team's not that far off from being able to compete, right? They just need to kind of retool it. And, you know, it's this weird situation they're in because you've got guys like, uh, you know, you think about the three pitchers I just mentioned, and there's Carter Kibu. And there's guys like, you know, we talked about Starling Castro earlier, right? There's somebody like him. Yeah. They're also kicking the tires on a Chris Bryant trade. So how young, you know, and you'd be giving up young guys, obviously, to get Chris Bryant. So the, the idea of they want to get younger, they, you know, I hear it and they might want that, but in in theory or you know, in practice, do they actually want that? Because the, the other stuff tells me no. Yeah. I mean, the, one side of it is their team was so old, it's really not that hard to get too much younger. I mean, you had right. yeah, yeah. at 36, you yeah. had Animal Sanchez at 35, Adam Eaton at 32. Uh, you know, you, you had some old heads up and down the roster. There's no doubt. Uh, so you're just replacing those guys with dudes three, four years younger. I mean, that that'll do it right there. And, mm-hmm. and I think with the slew of non-tenders, you know, it opened up the possibility to get a lot of younger guys, guys who are 27, 28, 29 in free agency rather than 30, 31 or 32, which we're used to seeing. So, you know, I think there are some opportunities there uh, to get younger. I, I you know, signing these guys to, to extensions, I think, you know, Soto's so young anyway, you sign him to extension, that's not really changing in terms right. of your age. I mean, you want that guy to be locked in no matter what. Um, but I think, you know, if, if you're signing Turner, uh, the, that's a say, okay, we're going to be, you know, investing in, in your 30s. You know, we're giving you a five, six-year deal. Uh, that's that's definitely not a step in the younger direction. Right. But the Nationals don't have the farm system to supplant these guys. I mean, you know, they, they can't swing a Trey Turner trade every time Ian Desmond hits free agency. You know, it's not always going to, you know, be a team willing to make that kind of deal. So, uh, you know, where they are right now 
it's definitely they have to get marginally younger at first. Uh, but really, the only way to build up that farm system is to be bad or be the Dodgers. And, and <laughs> at this point, and they are not the Dodgers. Hard. Yeah, they're uh, not the Dodgers. One one final question for you, kind of rehitting the the infielders conversation. The Chris Bryant trade to me sure would excite fans, and if they're fans in the seats, put some more fans in the seats. To me, it didn't make much sense though, because if your number one priority is protecting Soto in this market right now, you don't have to give up prospects to do it. And like, there's no reason to give up some of your top guys to get Brian who's under one year, you know, who's only under control for one more year. Mm-hmm. And also in the process too, you know, you'd be giving up stuff and you'd be blocking Carter Keboom like it, for a, you know, I, I, what I'd say is a longer period of time. I, mean, I assume you uh, are going, yeah. right. You know, I assume you're going to trade, you're going to trade um, or, you know, I assume that, you know, if you sign, if you get Bryant, you're going to sign him. Right. So it didn't make much sense to me. And like, to be honest, if you work at third baseman, you know, I know Michael Franco became available. Like if, I mean, if, if this, you know, what are you trying to accomplish there? Like, yeah. I don't understand what a, what a Chris Bryant trade accomplishes because you can do whatever you're trying to accomplish in a different step without giving up, uh, you know, assets, I guess, a lack of a better term. And if you're really looking for a stopgap, why not just get Justin Turner? I mean, yeah, you're I just really looking right, yeah. for a one year, one year guy to fill in who's got that same. I mean, I think you know Chris Bryant has a higher ceiling uh, than, <laughs> than Justin Turner, especially at this point in his career. But Turner's been as steady as it gets for years. I mean, he's 36. Mm-hmm. That really doesn't get you any younger. But uh, you know, if you are looking, you know, that's exactly what they did with this Drupal Cabrera last year. They brought right. him back as you know a high floor guy, somebody to to share the position with Keyboom in case he wasn't ready. Sure enough, we saw he wasn't ready. Unfortunately, it's Drupal didn't really replicate the year he had with the nationals in 2019. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I think that there are a lot of options in free agency and especially right now with everything so convoluted and open and, and nobody really knows what's going on. You know, the nationals are going to be able to pounce on some guys. I don't think that the trade market is really an area that a, they can afford to be in and B that they necessarily need to, you know, I, I think that you're, you're exactly, you know, hit the nail on the head there. Why give up prospects for Bryant uh, when, you know, You've got some guys who could give you reasonable production, maybe not as good, uh, but reasonable production in his place uh, who, you know, will come at a much cheaper price in terms of money and uh, prospect flexibility. All right, Matt, uh, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. Appreciate it. Where can people find you on social media? Where can they find your work? Yep. Uh, I, you can find me at NBCSportsWashington.com uh, for all my written content. I'm on Twitter at by Matt Wyatt. Give me a follow over there. Uh, love to talk baseball, sports in general. So always happy uh, to talk, to chat. My DMs are also always open. So anyone ever want to talk baseball, I'm your guy. All right, Matt Wyrick, NBC Sports Washington. Joining us on the show today, Matt, we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. All right, thank you, Josh. Take care. All right, I want to thank Matt Wyrick for his time. Two great episodes with him. Once again, follow him on Twitter at ByMattWyrick. Uh, then follow us, the show, at LO underscore Nationals. Follow me at Josh Neighbors. Thank you guys for listening, and until tomorrow, stay safe.